Welcome to the Dimensions of Greatness podcast, everyone. It's Felicia Atlas again, your host. I am so happy to be able to share another revelation of the greatness of God through the word of God, through the power of God, through the spirit of truth, through the grace of God. And guys, I have so much to share. I am overjoyed. I'm so excited today. Hope your weekend was blessed. Um, We're in a new month. Um, I had a very eventful weekend. Um, Saw God move in a peculiar way as far as revelation is concerned, but most importantly, um, prayed for a lot of healing for people over the weekend and and, um, have seen God turn around some situations. So I thank God for that. Going into the month of March, I feel a very strong presence of worship and praise and momentum unlike never before. God also wants to deliver a prophetic word today. So we're going to be very, very, very um, aware of what happens in the podcast today. Take notes and um, just have an open ear to hear what the spirit is saying and to see how the Lord would move you and lead you and guide you because you will receive a word from the Lord today. As a matter of fact, before I even get started, I want to share something very special that happened today um, and something that the Lord would have me to share. Um, I do repent a lot because I am extremely selfish with my um, relationship with God and I try to keep it private and try to keep it personal. Um, I have lots of encounters with the Lord and um, I'm very selfish when it comes to them. I don't share them. But um, just to make a long story short, um, in praise and worship today, I felt the hand of God in a very, 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 very beautiful way. Now, the month of February was extremely blessed as it pertains to interaction, intimacy, enjoying the presence of the Lord, communing with him, supping with him. It was heightened. And I want to say the month of February was very, very powerful in terms of communing with God. Um, Probably, and I didn't know where it came from. Um, I want to say it was even, you know, probably the greatest out of the previous 12 months um, because it it was just, uh, there was a spirit of ease there um, when it came to assessing his presence and um, coming in through the gates of his majesty and and his excellence and coming in through the door of um, his fellowship. And I was so grateful for that, but um, I wasn't expecting, I thought it was just like a blessing, you know, Um, God moves in very mysterious ways. We do not have a clue why he moves the way that he does or why he does the things that he does. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. But today being the month of March, he came back today and spoke to me and said that March will be even greater. So I am tickled to say the least. I am blessed. I'm humbled. I'm very grateful and thankful to God. But um, he wanted me to share prophetic unction. And um, even though it's beautiful, even though it comes from a place of God's heart that is loving and merciful, it is actually a challenge. It is actually a mandate. It's actually an opportunity in the spirit. God showed me something so absolutely beautiful and amazing. He spoke to me about praise potential. Oh my Lord, Lord, have your way. He spoke to me about praise potential. 
the potential in praise, the potential in worship. And I mean, this was in the in the last maybe hour or so, and it just came out of nowhere. But my spirit man was opened up to visually see and to capture and to encounter and to witness what the Lord is saying as it pertains to praise and worship. Now, I'm a word girl. I, 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 um, toil in the word. I, I enjoy the word. I enjoy study. I enjoy revelation, but I also have a little bit of, um, you know, there's a soft place in my heart for, um, the worship and the praise of the Lord. It actually uttered unctions you in and opens the door and opens the gate of um, fellowship and revelation and so many different things. It, it gives you entrance. It gives you access. It gives you um, opportunity to see the, the things that God has on his heart and on his mind. It just gives you that um, serenading experience, uh, you know, to, to come in boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy. So I won't talk much on it, but as far as the potential of praise is concerned and what God showed me, it's a very powerful revelation, but I want you to know this for the month of March, because this is what does say at the Lord, that we must live up to our heavenly abilities. God is saying that when we praise and when we worship, we are praising and worshiping in a beautiful way, in a sincere way, and an endearing way. But God said that does not match your spiritual capability in heaven. God showed me today what happens when we praise and worship and how there is an account, if you will, if you would picture a bank account and how when you open the door and get into a secret place of God as it pertains to, to your spiritual praise and worship, that you have an account, if you will, with the angels. And what they do is they load up these praises and they load up these the spirit of worship and they keep it in an account for you and, and they spend it on your blessings and they spend it on your miracles and they spend it on your possessing the land, on your dominion, on your territory, on your open door, on your open heavens. He said, I will open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. Now, where are these blessings coming from? God actually took me up in the spirit. Oh my God, I had a wonderful, wonderful time today experiencing that. But the word of the Lord is that the spirit of praise and the spirit of worship and eloquence is not matching our abilities in heaven. He said that he that we should endeavor to push beyond our soul's capabilities in worship and in praise so that our spirit man would match our heavenly worship and praise. When we send up praise and worship in the earth, it looks completely different in heaven. And he showed me how it looks in heaven. And he's saying that if our heavenly potential as we praise and worship God ever trickles down into the earth and we worship and praise the way that our spirit is received as worship and praise. When, when the angels in the heavenly host experience our worship and our praise, it's totally different than the way that we see it. And God is saying he's calling us higher because he wants to introduce himself. He wants to fellowship and sup with us on a greater level. So just remember that the way that we worship and praise when we're singing a song, when we play our favorite songs, when it's a fast song, when we're worshiping, when we're dancing and, and don't forget the dance, never leave out the dance because there's always a breakthrough in the dance. I'm not a dancer, but I will cut a rug for the Lord and I will absolutely get into the presence of God and break the barriers of the enemy and break down every stronghold and pull down every stronghold through worship and praise. And that's what God is saying for the month of March to remember to, 
secretly go in and declare the word of the Lord through praise and worship. And that when your spirit man is elevated in a spiritual place, in a heavenly place in Christ Jesus, the riches and the wealth and the blessing will encompass you and take you into the realm of the Lord and the promises of God like you've never seen before. So that's the word of the Lord for right now. But I got much, 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 much more to share. So we're going to get into it. I just took up about eight or nine minutes uh, speaking on my experience this morning, but I just wanted to share that with someone. Someone has touched the Lord. Someone has touched the heart of God in praise and worship. And someone is trying to break through in praise and worship and touch the heart of God. And God said, if you press through, I will break the barrier of the inconsistency of your time with me, of your inconsistency of trying to reach me. And I will in fact come in and sub with you, saith the Lord. God said, I will make a way out of no way. God said, the rivers in the desert have no idea how they will overtake you, saith the Lord your God. So we're going to get right into the recap of last week. Last week, we talked about the promise anointing, Genesis 29 and 33. We're talking about the 12 tribes of Israel as we attempt to take dominion and lay hold on the land, the territory, the portion, the promise, the lot. There are so many types of blessings, so many types of ways that we receive from God. I even had a vision last week. I don't know if I shared this last week of how the promises are distributed. Again, God is showing me like a bank account. There's an inheritance, there's a portion, there's a lot. There are deeds like when you purchase a home and all these things are locked up in these places in heaven. And God is saying in this hour, who's signing this deed? Who's laying hold? Who's opening this account? Who is opening that account? Who is going to lay hold on the promises of God? So today we have a great word. Last week we talked about Simeon. He's the second son. So all of these blessings, the 12 tribes of Israel represent a different attribute or a different place in God that will help us all to cross over into a land of promise. It's all about the promised land. Jesus is the promise. We have some very, very, very powerful truths being disclosed today. I am on fire. I'm excited. Hold on to your seats, ladies and gentlemen. I promise you that you will receive the promise today. Last week, we talked about Simeon's son number two. Two means impartation. Genesis 29, 33. And she conceived again and bare a son and said, because the Lord has heard I was hated, he had therefore given me this son also. And she called called his name Simeon. Simeon's name means to hear, to listen, to obey instruction with action. Simeon's anointing will always establish the power of your promise. There were so many promises on the life, on the head, on the birthing of the second son, Simeon. Two always means impartation. So there was something that Simeon was supposed to leave us. There's something that Simeon left us. There's something that we can access through the promise of the birth and the life of Simeon. No one ever talks about Simeon, but how can you leave him out? He's the one that destroyed an entire city, him and his brother Levi. And I couldn't understand why the Lord said, you're not done with Simeon. You need to unfold, you need to unclothe, you need to unmask and reveal the truth behind the glory of Simeon. There's a power there, there's a glory there. And I want my people to possess the promises of God. You cannot possess 
possess the promises of God with one of the 12 anointings. The Lord said that they all must come together. Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, Gad, Joseph, Benjamin, they all cross over together, but we're trying to cross over because we created a business. We think we're going in, but we don't know how to warfare like the spirit, the tribe of Gad. We're not going in. We're not going in with three of the four anointings. We're not going in with seven of the 12 anointings. We need all of the glory and graces of God to walk in the fullness of God. And so she conceived and bare a son. She called his name Simeon. Simeon is the second son. Now, so this was last week. Go back and listen last week. It was called the promise anointing. But God said, we will discuss this even in even more detail as it pertains to the promise. And I got so wrapped up in this teaching today. There's no way to share it. I'm like, I was waiting for Levi. I want to share the Levi anointing. I want to share the Judah anointing, the praise anointing. (laughs) I want to talk about Joseph for the next 70 months. I just can't wait to get to Joseph. But the Lord said, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're not going to just say that Simeon has a promise anointing and then move on. You need to get in the midst of what I'm saying, because everything I create has a purpose. And when I told Jacob that I would give him a land and cause him to possess it, the only way they would be possessed would be through the 12 tribes. So let's look at Simeon. There are four gates of land possession that pertain to your original purpose. Remember, I want you to remember this. Always remember what I say about the numbers. Always remember what I say about meanings because you can read the word of God all day long until you're blue in the face. You can memorize every scripture. If there's no revelation behind it, it's like, you know, you won't tap into the fullness of God. And so I need you to understand that this particular podcast, the Dimensions of Greatness podcast, pertains to those that want to attain greatness. Now, greatness is like a a blood type. Everyone doesn't have the same blood type. There are people that will never think of what greatness means, even though it's in the Bible, even though the, the, the Bible says that the word, uh, the word of the Lord says that God is great and he's greatness and he's awesome and he's powerful and he has dominion. Some people will never look at that. They're saved. They're born again. They're filled with the Holy Ghost and they're fine. So greatness hand picks you. And as a matter of fact, the Holy Spirit was dealing with me earlier about how rare greatness is. You can become the president of the United States before you're great. And I said, what do you mean you can become the president of the United States before you attain greatness? greatness Greatness is so rare, it's more rare than becoming the president of the United States. How do you know that? Because before the person becomes the president of the United States, we barely know anything about them. (laughs) They have to become the president. Before they even are mentioned in the term greatness, they have to become the president first. (laughs) That's in the earth's earth's, uh, standard of what greatness is. But God has so much more he wants to share. But I want you to know greatness is very rare. Uh, Someone that wants to uh, be a beautician, they don't go to medical school. And someone that wants to be a doctor, they don't go to beauty college. And so every uh, realm of operation or every word of the Lord or every revelation of God may not pertain to you at that particular moment. Now, the word across the board can be applied to anyone in any certain uh, position or um, any place in their life. But there are seasons and times for everything. So this just, you know, if God hasn't opened your mind up to that, it may not. This may not be your blood type, if you will. Okay, just like. um, I may not have a direct, 
ministry of healing. So greatness just means to attain the things of God, lay hold on the things of God and expose them and expound on them and make God great, make God big, glorify God through what you do in the realm of the earth in a big, 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 big way. That's all we're talking about. So before I get into the teaching for today, which we don't have much time, I know this is going to be maybe a two or three parter. I got the word of the Lord today. There are four gates of land possession pertaining to your original purpose. Remember, land always pertains to your original purpose, your original calling. You may be a teacher, but when God created you in the realm of the spirit, in the womb of the earth, in the womb of the spirit, in the dimension of greatness, if you will, he said that you would be an astronaut, but you end up teaching science, but you never went to school to be an astronaut. But you love science so much and you don't understand why you're so into it because you were really supposed to be one of the ones to go into to the moon and see teachings and revelation cause people to come back to their original, original, original. That's why we're talking about dominion, accessing what's ours according to the original plan of God. Four gates of possessing the land as it pertains to your original purpose. And this is according to scripture. There's the blessing. The blessing, Abraham, when he told Abraham, I will, in Genesis 12 and 2, I will bless thee, I will make your name great, I will make you a blessing. And I will, uh, and I will give you fame. How does how does he say it? I will make your name. I will bless thee. I will make your name great. I will make you a father of many nations. And so he first. That was the promise of the blessing. So there's the blessing, the promise, the territory, and the power. The blessing, the promise, the territory, and the power. The blessing is there. Like I said again, a bank account, and and the, and the word that pertains to your life and the fulfillment of your destiny holds that blessing. And so many people wonder, how come she has this and I don't have that, and he has this and I don't have that? Because you're not under that particular word, and that word is governed, governed, governed. There's a government in the spirit, in the heavenly realm. There's government. There's offices. There's administrations. And people say, well. See, we can't set up an earthly administration if there's no heavenly administration. Nothing can be established in the earth if it's not done in the spirit first. Because if that were the case, we would not need a God. There would be no God if we could make up our own methods of operation. Just like there's technology, just like we can call someone on the other side of the world and see them, that is a kingdom in a spiritual power. That's because we can see the face of God. We can see um, what the Lord is doing in the future. Now you have all these powerful calculations and artificial intelligence. They pulled that because it already exists in the spirit, but the realm of the earth has taken those glories and caused them to manifest in an earthly way. And that's why we have um, computers and, and technology and all these cool things that cause us to accelerate the fulfillment of um, our daily practices and operation. And so the another reason that this podcast is so important is because those spiritual gifts and those spiritual attributes, God wants to release them to the people of God and have us to declare the word of the Lord through technology, through software, through um, ingredients and potions and um, not potions, but um, products that would empower the economy of our kingdom system. Our KES is what I call it. Uh, our kingdom uh, economical structures or our kingdom economical systems. Okay. All right. So there's the blessing, the promise, the territory, and the power. Now, as it pertains to Simeon, Simeon, every tribe had a flag. 
Simeon had the sword on his flag and Simeon had the gate on his flag. And this word is so good. There's no way I'm going to be able to finish it today. But today I'm going to attempt to open a can of blessings. Like I say, open a can of worms. I'm going to open a can of blessings, if you will. Okay, so we're going to enter in through the gate of promise today. We're going to try to enter in into, into the gate of promise through Simeon. Simeon being the second son. We all know that um, Jacob did not prophetically release a grand blessing over Simeon or Levi because they went in and they took the city of Shechem. And today I couldn't understand and I prayed and I sought the Lord, why if after I did my research on Shechem, after I did my research on that whole ordeal to try to understand why he lost the blessing, because I'm like, they weren't the people of God. And, and, and if he killed the people of the city, why was it bad? Why was that a bad thing? Why was Jacob upset? And I spoke last week about jeopardizing the blessing because they jeopardized the blessing. But I asked the Lord, how did they jeopardize the blessing if these people took advantage of their sister and they went in and destroyed and killed everything because of how the sister Dinah was treated? Why was that wrong? I see in other places in the Bible where if you did something to someone of the people of God, they went to war and they destroyed them. But why in this particular situation was Simeon um, not able to get the blessing like his brothers? And the Lord, the spirit of the Lord said to me is because Shechem represents a governmental structure. And uh, in Genesis 33, they will go in and um, uh, they deceive the people of Shechem and they go in and kill everyone and they take their goods. And it says that Jacob took, they took the goods to their father. Jacob hid the goods next to the oak. Now, how is this significant and what does this mean? This represents Simeon and Levi trying to attain a promise that number one was not for them. And that number two is before time. That's how the Lord skipped over them, skipped over them, skipped over them, skipped over them and goes to Joseph and assigns a governmental structure to redeem the people. So if Jacob would never have told them that they were wrong for what they have done, maybe it's a possibility that the governmental structure of things would not have went to Joseph. So they forfeited their opportunity based on timing. And so God is saying in this hour, even though there's a promise of land possession, you cannot be out of time. You cannot be out of order because there's an order of things. And so Levi and Simeon go in and kill all these people out of order. How do you know they were out of order? I know they were out of order because in the word of God, it says that Jacob went into this particular town called Shilem. Shilem meaning complete blessing, peace, quiet. This city Shalem was in Shechem. When he went there, he bought the city. He bought it for 100 pieces of money. The word of God says for 100 pieces of money, meaning complete totality. 100 fold always means the blessing is complete, nothing missing, nothing lacking. And he bought it. Then the brothers went in and caused war when it was supposed to be a place of peace. Now they were going to possess the land of Shechem sooner or later because the Lord said that land was theirs. But at this particular time, God gave them the city of Shilem. In other words, Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Salem always means peace. King of Salem was Melchizedek. So there were so many things out of order or that couldn't have, could have gotten out of order if the Lord didn't redeem the promise back unto himself. So 
John chapter 10 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. John 10 and 9 says, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Pasture is the land. Pasture is the growth and the and the and the um health of your original purpose. See, pasture isn't just land. It's not just green territory. It's not just where the 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 livestock where they graze. It's actually growth and health of your original purpose. Then God comes back and says in John 10 and 10, the thief cometh not but to but for to steal and to kill and to destroy, I am come that you might have life and life more abundantly. So God is even saying in the New Testament, I'm coming that you might have life and life more abundantly, but according to you finding pasture, what is the pasture? The pasture is possessing of the land according to the original purpose. What is the original purpose? Finding out what the 12 anointings are, finding out the order of things as it pertains to the children of Israel. God never changes. He's the same today, yesterday, and forever. So people want to, some people, you know, when they study the word of God, they get fixed on the New Testament and the New Testament is great. You know, um, we're new creatures in Christ. Jesus came and he established a new order of things, if you will. But the original purpose never goes away. The land never goes away. The dominion and accessing the territory of your promise never goes away. This is a promise. John chapter 10 is a promise. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold. Then he says, I am the door. So let's go back to Simeon. What did I say Simeon represent? There are two symbols on the flag of Simeon. All of the children of Israel, all of the tribes, if you will, were given a flag and a symbol. And on Simeon's was the sword and the gate. We know that he went in and killed all the people of Shechem. That's the sword. The gate also represents entrance access, entering in, authorization in Shechem. Why is this important? This is important because the gate on the flag of Simeon represents Shechem. What does Shechem mean? Shechem means shoulder. And if you've ever studied or had this revelation be explained, the shoulder represents government. The shoulder represents government. So the gate of Shechem or the governmental structure or order of things is on the flag of Simeon as an impartation anointing. So he's saying that I can impart a promise through the governmental order, but I, I was it was taken from me because I did it out of turn. And so God is saying to not have the governmental structure of your blessing be established, you must go in turn. And that's why it's important to know the order of God and the promises of God through the 12 tribes of Israel. If you attempt to have dominion without the promise, it is robbery. Dominion means to crumble, to tread down, to rule, to make, to prevail against, to overtake, to subjugate. Subjugate? Yes, subjugate. Because the gate is the access, the authorization. And so we're trying to possess a land outside of the promise. How do you know what the promise is? The promise is any portion, power, provision, any type of communication from God or from heaven in eloquence for a certain um, time frame 
And it's given in a realm of advice and telling you to handle your business in this manner as it pertains to fulfilling the will of God for your life. This is very important that we lay hold of this because we have to have access to enter in. Jesus said he is the way, he is the truth, he is the light. So as, as we access the promises of God through Jesus Christ, we need to understand why certain things are written in scripture. Access means to have availability, to have opportunity to enter in. So we need the access. That's what I was talking about earlier. Through praise, through worship, we come into the throne of grace to boldly obtain mercy. Why do you need the mercy? The mercy is so that you can continue to operate in a land, find pasture in Christ, fellowship and sup with him so that he can give you the advice or the communication, which is the promise to hear. Simeon means to hear, to hear well the promises of God because Leah said, God has heard that I was hated. And so because we have an opposition because we have an adversary who is the wicked one, spiritual wickedness in high places. We are being fought and we wrestle not against flesh and blood daily. We need to have the word of God spoken over our lives that we can possess the land and the territory of Christ Jesus. Shechem means shoulder. Simeon attempted to overthrow a government order when he went in. That wasn't his place. Joseph is the governing authority of the 12 tribes, but Simeon, who then to chapters later throws his brother into a pit. Why did he throw his brother into a pit? He threw his brother into the pit and then even tried to kill him because he knew that that governmental right was going to Joseph. Joseph had already told him about his dream. He had already told him about the promise, the communication, the portion, power, provision, eloquence, advice of the Lord that he got through his dream. Okay. And so Simeon was out of turn trying to possess that. He had his own original purpose, his own land, but he tried to overthrow the word of God over that territory, his life, his will, and try to lay hold on something that wasn't his outside of the promise, outside of order. And God doesn't want us to do that. And he said, if my people understand, like it says in, in John, uh, that people hear my voice, a stranger, they will not follow. The voice is very important because as sheep, the sheep are in the pasture, the sheep are in the land. They're looking for leadership guidance. We're looking for leadership guidance. And if you follow the wrong voice, Simeon, and you kill this people, you're killing the promise. You're killing your opportunity to possess the land. And this is out of the order of God. But then Joseph holds Simeon in the pit when they get to Egypt and they try to deliver themselves from a famine opportunity, from a, a, a position of detriment. He holds Simeon and he regains structure of the promise. And he says, although you were out of order and out of turn, structurally, governmentally, apostolically, I will capture your opportunity to be great, Simeon, so that the people after us, the children of Israel, the children of promise, the children of inheritance will be able to still operate in the promises of God. This is a very deep and powerful revelation. There's so much more I have to share, but I have to go. Ladies and gentlemen, have a great dimension of greatness this week. I'll be back next week with more on Levi, on Simeon, on the greatness of God. Be blessed till next week.